Well, welcome everybody to podcast number five. Uh, I'm Kyle. I'm David. Hello. And we have a special guest, Dan, today. Dan is a former colleague of ours. Dan, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Not too shabby today. I feel like the weekend's coming. I'm excited yep. for it. I'm always ready. Ready for that weekend. Weekend warrior. Ready for that weekend. So if anybody's new listening to us, I'm guessing they would probably start at the first one and not the fifth one. But just in case they jump to number five, this is uh, Moscow Mules and Slides. Basically, you know, where we discuss some drinks and then, you know, cybersecurity whatevers. So whatever, <laughs> whatever it does, like it does to, kind of, you know, it, it gets derailed a bunch. You're right. That is a whatever. <laughs> we have some really good segues along the way, like things I've never known about all our guests, including my wife, like along the way. So <laughs> that's but, okay. uh, as, as our guests, Dan, we uh, like to kick it over to you for what, what are you sipping on this fine, fine evening? I am sipping on View Carré Absinthe which is uh, somewhat local. It's actually made down in Philadelphia. So, so the whole absinthe thing to me is a little bit, uh, you know, foreign because I, I was, was under the impression that absinthe was illegal in this country. I don't know if, you know, that's a prohibition like tie over. Like, uh, are, are there a lot of absinthe distilleries in the area? Or I don't know there if it's a distillery are, or not. Are not a lot. Uh, Weagle, Weigel, how do you say that here in Pittsburgh? Maybe? Wiggle, I think it's Wiggle. Okay, they, they do make an absinthe. Do they? Uh, so there's a few. Um, there's not a ton. It was illegal from like the 20s, maybe 1920s to around early 2000s, 1999 maybe. It's what? because they put that thing in it, right? The whatever. Well, so yeah, the I mean, the, the thing. There was back like <laughs> as prohibition was ramping up and stuff. Like there was all these stories about how absence made people go go crazy and hallucinate and all this stuff and they thought it was because of something in the wormwood the you know one of the that's herbs wormwood that's it um, and like in recent years they found out that the yes there is a tiny little bit of a chemical that can make you hallucinate or something in wormwood but the amount is so tiny in absence that you'd basically like die of alcohol poisoning long before you'd start hallucinating from that stuff <laughs> can you imagine how much that they were ingesting in the 1920s during prohibition or prior prior to being banned that people were hallucinating it's probably because their liver they were going to liver failure because they were, they were dying not because they were hallucinating this man's yeah, having so withdrawal i'm guessing the crazy behavior back in like the late 1800s and stuff was i mean partly absinthe is strong it's usually like 50 60 percent alcohol Woo! But they're probably also Ooh. like sitting there, you know, doing cocaine and going to opium dens and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't know, but I would guess. <laughs> opium dens. Um, so what's so it look? So what's it look like? Then, right. I mean, I mean, it's just a green liqueur. I've got some water added to it to you know because it's fifty to sixty percent alcohol. Um, you do like a sugar cube, like that's a yeah, thing, right? Like a whole little ceremony around it where you uh, you put the the absinthe in and then you put a little sugar cube on a slotted spoon on top of a glass and then you pour cold water over it and as the cold water goes in it melts the sugar you know it dissolves it down into the glass and it kind of makes it i don't know not foamy but sort of cloudy are, are you supposed to light anything on fire yeah, so that apparently i actually looked that up today and that's apparently more recent uh <laughs> change to it they didn't used to do that but now oh, yeah. it's called the bohemian method which i did not know until today but, oh yeah nice 
Yeah, because I mean, it's I, because it's over fifty percent, right? It can be lit on fire, right? Right. So I, I mean, I guess the the correct, if there is one way to light it on fire, is you put the sugar cube on the slotted spoon on top of the glass, and pour the absinthe over the sugar cube into the glass, so that the sugar cube gets nice and soaked with the alcohol. Then light the sugar cube on fire, and eventually the sugar cube on fire falls into the glass and lights the whole rest of the thing. Oh yes. And then you've got this glass with you know green liquor in the bottom and flame shooting out of the top. <laughs> that sounds like a it sounds like a shot I had in college. Yeah, yeah right? I haven't actually tried it, but I really want to. <clears throat> what let is let so? Us, yeah, let us know when you do that. What makes it green? Uh, it's the herbs, so the, the okay. wormwood, and then they put other things like fennel and stuff in it. I actually made my own once um, by taking like a really strong, it wasn't grain alcohol, but it was like 110 proof vodka or something. And you can buy the, the herb mixture and you basically just put the herbs in in a series over like 24, 48 hours and soak it. And it was you, fine, it was good, but it ended up costing me like twice as much as real absinthe <laughs> making myself. So. Yeah. Now, can you describe the taste for anyone that like hasn't had absinthe before? Because I think I had it once, and and it was it's very distinct from all the other liqueurs. I yeah. think. I mean, it's black licorice, so if you don't like black licorice, you're not probably you're, gonna like it. You're out um, immediately. Yeah, and it's very strong. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, although honestly, I don't love black licorice. And before it was made legal, we used to drink occasionally black licorice flavored things like Pernod and stuff to sort of get the quasi absinthe thing. And I didn't love those, but I do like absinthe. I don't know. What what got you on the absinthe uh, to begin with? Like, do you remember where you where you were, what you were doing, or who you were with? I don't remember any of that because I was drinking absinthe. <laughs> 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 no, was, well uh, played, Dan. <laughs> well played. I mean, one of the reasons I like absinthe is um, so my wife and I sort of like fell in love when we were in New Orleans, or and uh, one of the famous old bars there is the old absinthe house which has been there for like 200 years and apparently this place has been frequented by like mark twain and oscar wilde fdr alistair crowley frank sinatra like all these people i don't know if they all drank absinthe but i, I bet they did like i i know that i went on a ghost tour in new orleans and one of the stops was the old absinthe house and that's the only place i've had absinthe before oh yeah we, we did the uh, vampire tour down there <laughs> that is that is that is very exciting because, you know, taking that again back to like the, the Dina podcast that we had where she was, you know, yes, super excited about, you know, Ghost Adventures. Like they are way into Aleister Crowley and like the whole Blackheart sort of, you know, sort of thing. Uh, I don't know what, oh man, I don't remember what they mixed the absinthe with that I had, but it, I remember being pretty good. Like, you know, it's, it's, I'm not a black licorice guy, but that was a delightful experience. At least I, mean, I guess that's why, like, all the uh, goth kids were into it, you know. <laughs> that was that's actually. I mean, it, it, it probably a really was. Good point. I mean, it probably brought a lot of that into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, when I back when I was like a little goth kid in the '90s, before it was legal, like that, it was sort of like the holy grail of the goth movement was to get absinthe because it was, you know, sort of it was illegal and it made you crazy and you know, they used to drink it back in Bram Stoker's days and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Oh, that's like, cool. Everybody wanted it, and then it finally became legal again. Probably, I don't know, right around 2000 somewhere. Does that kind of take the mystique out of it a little bit, where you're like, oh, I can totally get a bunch of absinthe if I want it now, and well, whatever. You know, kind of like when, you, when you're when you drinking underage, not that right. you know, any of us has ever drank underage. No, but, you no, know, 
when you drank underage, it seemed a little bit, it seemed a lot more <laughs> a lot more fun. And then you get to like twenty three and twenty four, like this is a little bit of work. This isn't as fun as I remember it being. Right. Well, I don't think so because you really couldn't get absinthe before it was made legal. Like there weren't people that were doing like moonshine bootlegger absinthe. <laughs> so uh, I think I'd rather have it legal and be a little bit less. Yeah. So so does wiggle like have you had Wiggles absinthe? Is it good? I, I have not. No. I have not because I had their I've had one of their rise and not not shitting on them at all. There's your first cuss word hashtag is explicit lyrics. Way to go, Kyle. <laughs> It's already it's already categorized as explicit, but anyways, like it tasted like the, the rye, the rye whiskey, the bourbon. Uh, it tasted like grass to me, basically. Really, like, and I was like, mm, I kind of wrote them off at that point. Like, I shouldn't, but it was a really bad tasting. I think I even still have it. That's how, like, it was, <laughs> you know, it's and then it got really bad. Yeah, I'm gonna have to like maybe like try to like fake smoke it, like where you get those smoking sticks you put in for like 24 hours or something like that. I mean, the other thing is absinthe is usually fairly expensive, like $50, $60 a bottle and up. So, or like a fifth, right? Like a typical bottle, not like a big bottle. Yeah. That's that's up there with the good tequilas. Right. I'm not sure I want to just like take my chances on wiggle. And he's back. He froze for a second. (laughs) It happens every week. It's literally like every week. Like I'll drop out for like 10 seconds, 10 or 15 seconds. So I just try not to say anything and let the transitions just happen naturally without me involved. <laughs> well, before you get cut out again, why don't you go first again this so, week? Yeah, I guess I'll go next. Um, I know uh, that the, the vault team that uh, uh, Dan uh, was a large contributor to uh, here at CERT uh, has a strong affinity for uh, tequila, right? I don't know if that, that you know, permeates through Dan or not, but uh, there is a beer from Founders. It is called Mas Agave. It is a goza that is aged in tequila barrels. So Sign me up. we're going to, we're going to throw a couple of these down tonight uh, because I have, it's, it's sadly just a 12 ounce bottle. So we're going to do two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? I got to fill a glass up. I got this really nice. Uh, you got to tell Dan about your, your, your glass. Your glass. Yeah, so I got, I got this glass. Addiction. Yeah. I got this glass. Mario. Well, this one is Contra. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, with some, uh, this one's got the Konami code printed on the side of it. Um, one dude shooting, uh, the dude in blue shooting one way, a dude in red shooting the other, and then like the evil hop alien is <laughs> on this side. So this is this is one of my newer finds from a, a designer called Repixeled. And uh, that guy's a 21 ounce glass. Uh, I, I'm in like this black market of, of glassware. <laughs> goes on craigslist meets him on a shady street somewhere it's it's a terrible problem and it's it's uh i gotta i gotta pull back a little bit i'll get to the point during the week where i have um i know i have a box shipment coming and then like three boxes show up i'm like oh no what, what did i just do so uh glasses glasses for beer my new thing i'm it's you know i'm, I'm just kind of stuck now but uh cheers to you kyle uh, i'll pass it along as i fill this up so yeah, I had to try to step up my uh, game. I drank all my good stuff I've been saving before we decided to do the podcast. So unlike Velasco, I don't have this crazy stash of really good beer yet. I must start. I'm about to go out and start going to the place. But anyways, I picked this one up from Strange Roots a few weeks ago called uh, Thief Share, 
It's a barrel-aged flounder-style ale. So I had to look it up a little bit. But they take their brown ale that's aged for one to three years and mix it with their um, red ale, which is aged for three to four years. I might have that flip-flopped. Uh, again, fact check Kyle. Da, da, da. But uh, I saw it. I saw barrel-aged, and that's why I bought it. I, I didn't even know what type it was until I pulled it out of the fridge right now. So I'm going to give this a go. It's a nice pint bottle, 8.3% uh, ABV. I got a bottle of that, and uh, I've, I've been kind of holding on to it, so I'm interested to see what you think of it. And I stepped up my glass game. Actually, I have a few glasses, but not really cool ones like this. But Dina, who was on podcast number three, picked this up from Asheville Burial Beer Company. Those are nice skulls, glasses. Skulls on there. They actually make nice. some really good beer. She said it was great. I said, well, what are they known for? She's like, everything. I'm like, okay, well, that's what I'll say. <laughs> I've never been there. I do have one in the fridge. I'll probably pop out here in the coming weeks, I think, oh, for yeah. one of them. Awesome. The milk stout. But uh, so, yeah, we're interested to see. Since we're comparing glasses, too, I'll mention this is actually a Riedel wine glass made of oh. crystal. So. Hey, all right. Play yeah. some music as you go drink it now. Yep. <laughs> well, does it play tool? <laughs> Every 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 what eleven years? Right, you guys share your you guys share your love for Tool. <laughs> yeah. So, what's yours taste like? Give it an, uh, as I sip on. Oh me, um, it is limey. Good tequila. Yeah. Oh man, it's hard tequila. Very very hard tequila. It's good though. Um, it's it's not overpowering to the whole beer because it kind of balances out with the sweetness of of how they brewed this. Um, a little limey, which is good. Uh, what kind of yeah. what kind of tequila do they? Say? That's a good question. Let me let me check the bottle. Um, it Mayo. just says barrel age series. Uh, no, 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 no. It just says it's a party in a bottle, and you know I would not disagree with that at this point. <laughs> I'll get you a bottle. Um, you know, next time we're allowed to all meet up. We're gonna do one of these live. Yeah, live, I was, but in person. You you have that thought where like, oh, we're all you know in the Pittsburgh area anyway. Why can't we just sit in a garage and do this? And then you know, or you know, is it safe enough? I don't know. Probably We've got a three car garage. We could probably like mark out six foot spots we around. Totally <laughs> could have done that. That'll yeah. be the next one. Go in the yeah. driveway. Mm -hmm. When we have you on again down the road, Dan, we'll do that. Okay. Obviously, I think we'll probably be good to go. I don't know. Who knows what this world is going to be like? Maybe. So this one, this one tastes. Uh, this says it has hints of like dark chocolate and raisin and oak and black currant and um, and notes of cherry and acidity. And plums, I don't taste dark chocolate at all, which is fine because I thought that would be a little weird. Sometimes that stuff just kind of it'll come out when it warms up. Definitely cherry, like very, very uh, like uh, fruity on that end. But cherry, nice like booziness to it too. Like kind of you can feel the booze. I don't know how to, how to describe that. I'm sure there's some word for that where you can sip it and you're like, oh, that has some kick to it, but doesn't like. Hit you like, oh man, I can take a shot. And do you go? Do you have any other go tos besides like tequila and uh, uh, absinthe? Um, I mean, I normally am more of a beer and wine drinker than liquor. Uh, I'm, but I'm not uh, in the realm of beer tasting that you guys obviously are. <laughs> more of a, That's okay. <laughs> go to the. We're not talking Miller High Life, but uh, you know, I'm, I like my IPAs and stouts and stuff. But uh, and, I mean, we're in the, in that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
No, so we're, I'm, that's where I, I am in, the, in this realm. He's like, I'm kind of like the JV. He's like the you know, starting center for the varsity team, right? Yeah. I've been doing this for a long time. I don't know. My wife and I were really into wine when we lived in California, not surprisingly. Oh, an hour from that. That had been, oh, oh boy. That had been yeah. awesome. These days we don't, uh, first of all, we've got other things to spend money on than good bottles of wine and stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fair enough. Where, where uh, I don't know, did you have any like wine club memberships out there? Were you into any, any of the uh, vineyards in particular? Um, yes. Let me see if I can remember the names of any of them. Um, we used to go to one called the Franciscan a lot, I remember. Uh, Heights does a lot of Cabernet Sauvignon that's sourced right there in Napa Valley. Cause a lot of people don't realize that Napa Valley itself, like, a lot of grapes don't grow well in Napa Valley. So it's good for some things, but like if you see a Chardonnay that says just Napa Valley, like run away because the soil <laughs> is too warm and the soil is not good for Chardonnay. That's a pro tip. That's yeah. a pro tip right there. Um, yeah, the better Chardonnays from around there come from like sort of down around the corner from Napa Valley <laughs> or out yeah. towards the coast where it's a little bit cooler and like more gravelly soil and stuff. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. We used to go up and just kind of hit our favorite wineries every couple months. That's that's pretty nice. Did you did you like live and work out there? Or are you originally from the Bay Area, or did you find your way out there like through work? No, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, and then we moved out there like back in the original dot com boom, trying to make millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and obviously that didn't happen. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing? I don't think I ever asked if you can't if you want to talk about it. like I mean you can just high level like you went to a startup out there. So I was working for a company here and we were kind of a startup within a larger company. Um, so we were a group that had all its own finances and marketing and stuff like that. And they wanted to like spin up the business on the West coast and said, Hey, you want to go out there as kind of our first explorer on the West coast. Um, so I did and worked for them for a while out there as our only person there. Um, and then for, whatever reasons uh that sort of went away and i went to a different job out there another startup and uh then when the whole dot-com thing crashed i ended up at berkeley national lab in berkeley oh, nice <laughs> so i worked there for like 10 years that's that, that's not that's yeah that's not like a bad fallback though right to go, no. To, no, to, to, nice. go to berkeley national <laughs> yeah i know not, exactly not at all yeah i mean they just wrote little things like bro and tcp dump and stuff you know? right right yeah yeah, yeah 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 no big deal Berkeley, didn't they, weren't they involved in Berkeley Packet Filter too, right? That comes out of there, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know if Berkeley Lab was or if that was more UC Berkeley, but, uh, gotcha. but also Send Mail Bind, all those things came out of Berkeley Unix, obviously. Yeah, you got them, you got them Berkeley sockets. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, like, so then you made your transition back to Pittsburgh. And, uh, yeah, when we uh, had our first kid, like basically we had already decided we were going to move back to Pittsburgh because cost of living and crappy schools in the California area and stuff. Um, but I went to my boss at Berkeley lab and said, Hey, we're, we're moving back after my kid's born. Sorry. And he was uh, like, well, why don't you just move back there and just work, continue working for us and telecommute, and, you know, in 2007 telecommuting wasn't quite as big as it is these days. Well, especially these specific days, but <laughs> uh, y'all didn't have zoom back then, I guess. Uh, no, but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, so I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. So I did that for a few years and eventually I got just kind of sick of working out of my basement and kind of, since I was the only telecommuter, I was kind of cut off from what was going on. So 
I knew people at CERT and ended up uh, talking to them over a couple of years and then going to work for there for CERT. And, and that's how we, David and I met Dan. Like that's, that's, that's a, uh... Dan was never on my team proper though. So, I mean, you, you had some, uh, you know, close, close one-on-ones with Dan, I guess. At, you know. Yeah. Dan and I were on, uh, before you left, uh, I, Dan and I were on a team together. Yep. For a little bit and it was fun. And then I moved back to the malware side of the world. You do it. Leave the other dark side alone. So like, I don't, I, I wasn't, you know, I guess I probably still am not, you know, way up on like what the vault team does, but I remember seeing Dan, uh, you do a talk at uh, the Malware Technical Exchange in Pittsburgh when it was at Carnegie Mellon. We hosted it, uh, what, like two years ago, one years ago on uh, autonomous vehicle exploitation or vols. Yep. Is there anything in that that is like still relevant or super scary that you would be concerned about? Um, I haven't kept super up on security in cars and autonomous vehicles. Well, at least wheeled autonomous vehicles. Um, but uh, what is an unwheeled autonomous vehicle? So, well, I mean, yeah. Um, okay. So I went from there to the startup that did uh, small UAVs, autonomous, oh, nice. basically autonomous quadcopters. Um, so that's why I'm sort of caveating that. But uh, oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I'm sure that all the security things that existed in cars probably mostly still exist. You know, two years is not very much time to change the manufacturing cycle of a car. Um, on the flip side, you know, we've got a bunch of autonomous car companies here in Pittsburgh, and we all know lots of people that work at some of them and stuff. And I, I mean, you know, it sounds like they are taking security a lot more seriously than sort of the traditional manufacturers were five years ago. So I'd like to think it's gotten better. <laughs> I mean, every major car company now has a security element, right? I mean, Uber, yeah. like the autonomous ones, right? And even like, isn't uh, Argo associated with Ford? I guess Ford gives them the cars, right? Yeah, and I think they just got a big investment from Volkswagen. Maybe I, think, I feel like I saw that, but I can't. I can't remember which which one was which, but there was definitely somebody that had. Oh man, someone someone had a large investment in security. I can't. I can't. You know. I think off the top of my head. Do was was there was there any uh, like one security aspect of the remote vehicles or the, the, like the, a, a remote exploit or a local exploit on a vehicle that you remember being you know particularly alarming? I mean, I think the fact that people don't. I mean, the car is a computer with wheels on the internet, <laughs> and people don't treat it like that. You know, they treat it as like sort sort of a dumb machine still. And the fact is that it's got at least one cellular, like even if you're not paying for cellular service to your car, one of the smart services, like uh, I can't even remember the examples now, GM OnStar, um, you know, even if you're not paying for that service, there's still a modem in the car that's on the internet all the time. Oh yeah. And, you know, it's probably not being managed to the level of your corporate desktop <laughs> when you're out driving around. I mean, my car, and I just got it back in, October has Wi-Fi and cellular on it for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have either of them turned on, but uh, that you know of <laughs> that I know of. Right, you're right. I mean, I haven't actually scanned it because I guess you know your your level of risk acceptance, I guess, it comes into play, right? Right. So I mean, I think there was a you know when the whole Jeep hack happened, there was kind of a wake up call and people, you know at least security people and some car people realized that there was a risk there. So I don't think they're just like hanging out on the internet with 
you know, running a web server or anything anymore, <laughs> which might yeah, have happened right. back then. I mean, you hope not. Yeah. Because uh, we're, we're just like slowly inching toward just, you know, I don't want to say drive by wire cars, but, you know, autonomous vehicle transportation, you know, whether the, the public's going to be comfortable with it or not, you know, in five to 10 years. I, I would imagine that's going to end up being a situation where like our generation and will be like the last ones or like one of the last ones that's like super comfortable, like, don't put me in an automatic Uber. I don't want someone driving me somewhere. We're going to be like the angry boomer in, you right. know. 30 or 30 or 40 years like don't change my things i like them the way they are but then our kids are going to be like no dude it's totally cool like you you just sit in the car and it takes you somewhere and it's yep. just it figured it all out like i know how it figured it out i understand it but i don't <laughs> like it i mean i remember i got in an uber uh, like a like when they were still testing them in pittsburgh like you know the engineer in the, the passenger seat and the driver wasn't touching the steering wheel at that time and i asked like in our three minute, 30 second ride, I asked like 20 questions as quick as possible, like short answer. Yeah. But it was cool. It was cool. I mean, this was, I guess, three, four years ago now. But I know in that moment, they were driving down the street, and I know exactly where we were, right in front of, um, driving right past that uh, Whole Foods on Center Avenue. Mm -hmm. S the, someone was coming out of that parking lot, went over the sidewalk. So the person that was coming towards us went around the car and we were coming down and as that person was stepping out, they obviously put like two, you know, one foot into the street. And it was like that near moment that either the car corrected or the driver corrected. I couldn't really tell, but if they didn't correct, the mirror was going to clip the, 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 the pedestrian for sure. hundred percent. So I'm going to guess the driver jumped in, but then again, they were pretty good with realizing things. Right. But, you know, whose fault would that have been had it done clip? I would have said the person, obviously, because they walked out into the street, right? Yeah. Actually, probably would have been the person that blocked the, the sidewalk to be in with, but hey, I'm not going to play that <laughs> <Right>. game. <laughs> yeah, I got a ride in, I was in Tokyo maybe two years ago and had a car thing. And so I got to take a ride in an autonomous Lexus. And uh, nice. it was only self driving on highways. You know, mm -hmm. They took us across the bridge and stuff and you know it was actually kind of creepy because we're on like this big six lanes in one direction <laughs> bridge you know in tokyo going <laughs> 60 miles an hour and the guy just has his hands off the wheel and the car's changing lanes and stuff was was, was that a local company for J uh japan or, or tokyo or was that like an american uh incorporated that way like i i'm, I'm guessing not uber uh, no, it was actually like Lexus themselves and the other, all the Japanese dealers had showed up at this event that I was at and they each had like a representative car. Okay. Nice. It, they had like different levels of what they could do. It was just blind luck that I got to ride in the Lexus instead of the Toyota mm -hmm. or Honda. <laughs> I took a ride in an, uh, I think the company's called Aptiv out in Las Vegas um, during Black Hat DEF CON last year. And, you know, just like Kyle said, they, they start to give you like the one to two minute, you know, elevator speech of like what they're doing and, and what's going on. You're just staring at all of like the, the, the radar imaging coming in from the sensors, you know, drawing objects and lines and bunch of shenanigans on the screen while they're talking to you. And you're like, yeah, they're like, not that, you know, that was probably the last time that, that they'll want to explain that during black hat and DEF CON, but you know, you, you get that, that whole uh, sales pitch kind of, and you know, I, I, it was, I think that was my first time ever in one. I wasn't super uncomfortable, but you know, 
there's decisions that humans make that are different than computers. You know, obviously, you know, it's, it's going to be like a machine learning environment. Like you have to train it yep. not to hit people or to read red lights. But a lot of the things like a lot of the technology and a lot of the considerations are pretty well thought out. I think at this point is it, it I don't want to say it's a mature uh, thing, a mature uh, software model or whatever, but it's not as bad as I think the general public would perceive it to be from, you know, just yeah, I would agree. not knowing anything. Right. Yeah. Like we had a follow car when we were doing the one in Japan and they intentionally drove up into our blind spot and then the driver requested a lane change and the car, like, you know, recognized that there was another car there and refused to change lanes and stuff. <laughs> no, Thank I, God. Will <laughs> I will not move. <laughs> yes. <laughs> still creepy though it is creepy like that's that's not really you know something that i i ever imagined really seeing in my life you, you watched on like you know inspector gadget or like right. the jetsons and you're like no yeah that's cool totally totally would love to get out of my bed in the morning and and like hop on a conveyor belt and take a shower and get dressed without you know lifting <laughs> a finger but you know, it's it's not really the world i, I think i really Truly want to live in at this point. It turns out like the future was you feel, wouldn't have to take a shower or get dressed or even go to work. <laughs> pretty much, right? I mean, like, we're <laughs> we are living that life right now. <laughs> and you still can't shower or get out of bed or come to work. Cut, cut it all out. I can't even get out of bed on time. I think that's really the problem. You know, <laughs> it's too much, too much late night Fortnite at this point. And, uh, you know, just kind of get stuck in there. Well, that's an interesting segue. I went back up a couple of times just because I think, Dan, I think you're the person I know that's been to like some of the earliest DEF cons. Like, weren't you like at DEF CON 5 or something like that? You're calling me old? <laughs> <laughs> Aged. So the first DEF CON I actually went into was in 99. So that was 7, maybe? DEF CON 7, maybe? Um, was still I, was like near, I was in Vegas for the previous DEF CON in 1998, like pure coincidence, and like saw all these people in these black t-shirts walking around and stuff. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> You're like my people. <laughs> my yeah. people. <laughs> well, it was kind of funny because we were actually, my wife and I were, that was when we were moving to California. Like we were drove across the country. And so we were like driving in Vegas and then along the highways as we were going up to the Bay Area and stuff, seeing all these people in like these nerdy black t-shirts and stuff and i'm like i'm gonna like california (laughs) (laughs) do you own any non-black t-shirts oh yeah yeah i I don't mean that as like an offense but you know i i don't i don't really think i've ever seen you anything but black yeah it's probably (laughs) (laughs) i mean i I like to sometimes like you know do the black shirt over a colored t-shirt just to mix it up a little Okay. Yeah, mix, it, mix it up a little bit. A little color <laughs> contrast. Maybe a little faded, you know, <laughs> purple or Don't get too bright. Ah, oh, too good. So what are you what, doing nowadays, Dan? That you could talk uh, so, about? Um, so I went to, a couple months ago, General Dynamics Mission Systems here in Pittsburgh. Um, so they are... Um, one of the companies, I mean, they're a pretty big company, but they're owned by the much larger company, General Dynamics. Um, and they do, I would say mostly like software, networking, information management type things um, across like space and ships and various network stuff. Um, so they're in quite a few areas. I don't know. One thing that I 
saw, I probably should look this up to make sure I'm saying the exact things that are on our website and nothing else, but, uh, Back check uh, Dan. Yeah. The Starliner that, that, uh, Boeing is preparing to oh, yeah. the other crewed spaceship to the space, the space station. Um, apparently we supplied some of the autonomous computer controls for that. So that's sweet. Self-driving spaceships, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that's awesome. Spaceships. So, so you're still in the autonomous game. That's kind of fun still. Yeah. And they, I mean, you know, I'm obviously not saying what specifically I work on or don't work on, sure. but they have like an autonomous submarine that they build and you know, a bunch of other things. etc. Are you, stuff. are you guys, so are, are you both still involved with like the B sides in Pittsburgh? Just to, you know, hop, hop to another area of like, you know, work related activity. Yeah. So that's where Dan and I also cross bridges still is the CTF. Yep. I don't, I don't even know how I got started that. Well, Dan has a, Dan's a black badger of B-Side Pittsburgh. Yeah. So me and a couple other people started it in 2011. Yeah. And uh, then I kind of like, I got sick of the whole logistical thing. Like the third B-Side's Pittsburgh, I pretty much, my wife and I did everything for because like, people moved and dropped out and stuff. And so we like pretty much arranged the whole thing. And after that, I was so burned out. I was like, other people that started like have to start doing the food and the venue and speakers and all that. I can't do it anymore. Um, so you and your wife did all of that in that yeah, third we, one. Like, That's insane. The venue, arranged the speakers. She did handled all the food for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, I mean, that was, we did two days that year. There was trainings. There was, uh, we had dual car core at the after party. Like it was a big thing. So did oh you really gosh. do it? That's have insane. People dropping out along the way was, you know, a lot of work. What do you do? You remember the attendance you had at your first B side? Like how many people showed up? Um, I, the number in my mind is sixty-eight. The first year, that ain't um, bad. Yeah, which was decent. I mean, we were in a, the first few years. We were in a pretty small space. It was like maximum of one hundred and twenty, I think. Where were you? In in, in the area. left field meeting space on the North Shore. Is it still a thing now? I think it still exists. Yeah, they basically it's it's like an advertising company or something, and they have. On the top floor of their building, they've got like this meeting space that they rent out for, you know, small talks and presentations and stuff, but it's got a cool like out uh, rooftop deck outside and stuff. So it was a nice That's space. Nice. And then when did it move to the one that was in Lawrenceville, the far end of Lawrenceville? What's that one called? Um, Spirit. Yes. Probably around year five, maybe. Yeah. It moved to Spirit because it had outgrown the other stuff. And uh, I think it was only there for like, what, two years? Because we had the CTF in the bus. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the, year, that's the year you got the black badge, right? The bus CTF year. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. What, what is, what is, a, what is a, uh, a CTF on a bus? Like, did you make people go, go on to like a school bus and, you know, do yeah. CTF? Go ahead, Kyle. No, this is, this oh, okay. is you. Uh, yeah, okay. So Spirit actually has a broken down school bus out back. And... When we were looking for where we were going to set up the CTF, I mean, there's kind of, it's two floors. So the main, like the main speaking area was on the top floor. The bottom floor was like some vendors and food and stuff. And we're like, can we use the bus? They're like, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> run some power strips out there. It was, it was more set up for like people to hang out, I guess, in the rain and drink. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, we only had what, maybe eight people or so in the bus, probably. Yeah. Because, I didn't yeah. know how I got involved that year. I don't even know how I got involved. I, I think I just helped you manage some stuff. I don't think I created anything. 
that point in time. Yeah. I, I think I was just, I think I just said, Dan, can I help you? <laughs> I think that's, yeah. <laughs> that's that kind of how it happened. That was the first time we did the CTF. So. Oh, was it really? Yeah. So, oh, wow. I think I was just talking then. to you about it and you were like, oh, I'll help. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the next year we had like 100 people or maybe like 60 people or something. Yeah, probably. When we were at the, uh, when we transitioned to uh, Rivers Casino. Yeah. I think yeah. we had like, I think we had like 60. I don't know. We had a lot of people that year. So is it yeah. at Rivers Casino now? Would have been. That was the plan, yeah. Womp womp. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to touch on that for you. Where, <laughs> when was it supposed to be? June? Yeah, June. yeah about yeah, three June, weeks. June, right? Yeah. June, a few more weeks. Yeah. Are you, are you going to postpone uh, to later in the year or are you going to try to move that, uh, just let it go to 2021? Kyle might have more insight, but I think. Yeah, because uh, Dina's involved in the planning. I think they postpone until next year. I think they're not going to try to do it because everybody's, everybody's been postponing till the fall. And yeah. with everybody postponing to the fall, you're just going to have so much overlap that, like, you know, if that was even happened in the fall, I think that people were, I think it was just decided to forgo this year and come in bigger, better next year. Not bigger, better, but come in at least, you know. I mean, Taking it's probably going to be bigger, better, right? I mean, like, how many, if you went from 68 to filling, you know, Rivers Casino conference space. Yeah, it was like, supposed to be over a thousand this year. So that's pretty legit. And, you know, you should probably give yourself a pat on the back for, you know, being one of those people that, that was able to guide uh, an event like that, that far along into the future, you know, dumpster fire 2020, you're not withstanding, you know, that's <laughs> right. I mean, most of the people who continued doing it after I got out of like the logistical side are probably more responsible for growing it than I am, but uh, yeah. Well, a tree has to start somehow. Yeah. <laughs> it crapped from an acorn. <laughs> In this case, it craps from your acorn, Dan. <laughs> That's what happens when you have one of these. I've heard uh, little birdies say that there may be some sort of cybersecurity event, maybe in the fall or something in Pittsburgh. So see what happens. Is there anybody that uh, I've you, not should, heard that, but you should follow or you know keep up with for that sort of an update? Probably me. Hit, <laughs> <laughs> hit, nudge, nudge. <laughs> This isn't a segue to close where we start pimping out our, uh, you know, uh, Instagram and Twitter handles, but you know, that's right. Right. You know, <laughs> we'll get there. You, I mean, I miss not having the conference. We've talked about this in our other one, but you know, Dan, you're a big conference goer too. And not that other people that we haven't had on here haven't been, but I think like the three of us are like always like, we're going to go do these ones, these ones, these ones every year, or at least try, you know, try for the ShmooCon and try for the DerbyCon when it existed and things like that. I mean, how do you feel about everything being? Yeah. I mean, kind of sucks like you know i go to vegas for the hacker summer camp at least like every other year usually if not every year but you know i'm gonna miss that and you know there's lots of people that you only see at conferences uh so you know kind of yeah. sucks and everything and i don't know i'm one of those people that likes to be around other people occasionally <laughs> like, i'm in the same boat so uh yeah i mean but whatever you know we'll, we'll get through it we'll keep going that's kind of like the whole, I don't want to say like everybody in like the, um, the cybersecurity is the same way because it's, it's unfair to bend everybody like that. But I feel like the people that really want to be around people are, you're going to find a job that does it. You're not going to be stuck in your office or in your basement you know, at the, you know, at Fort Meade, you know, writing weird Perl scripts and stuff like, right. But if you're just a regular, 
yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come into work, I'll do stuff and then I'll get paid for it and I'll go home. But like these conferences are like a really great opportunity to get out and meet some people. I'm totally willing to do that. Like 25% of my life, they're all gone. Like everything, everything is now gone. <laughs> and uh, I, I feel like there's a lot of people that are just going to miss out on that, that real small opportunity that they really were into once or twice a year, once or twice, a, you know, every couple of years. And it just kind of stinks because like, you can't do this over zoom. Like I, you know, I see the stuff for DEF CON. We're like, well, we're going to, you know, have an e-conference. Like it's not the same. At least yeah. I don't think it is. And I'm kind of bummed out about it, but you know, anything, it's probably even harder for like younger people. Maybe like, you know, that's a big part of their growing their network and learning, you know, who's out there and what's out there and stuff like that. Like, I know as you know, my kids have gotten older, I've gone to less conferences and stuff, you know, 10 years ago, I probably hit, I mean, I think one year at CERT, I spoke at like 12 conferences in a year or something yeah. ridiculous. There it is. <laughs> you know, these days, I like the last few years, maybe two, maybe three. You know, I mean, kind of besides Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, and it's hard. It's hard to keep up with people and what's going on in the industry and stuff if you can't go to a couple a year. Um, but, you know, for me, it's a little bit easier. I think, you know, I can walk and not go to DEF CON for two or three years and I go back and I'll still have some idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a really good point too about, you know, I don't want to say like there's an age gap, but like the, the younger folks, um, my, uh, the TA that I have for um, reverse engineering on, on, on campus, like he's a guy that's trying to get a job out of college. And when, you know, I, I remember coming out of college and everyone wants experience. Like if you didn't have an internship, if you didn't have, you know, some sort of relevant work experience, you're not getting a look for some reason. And like, you know, these, these kids are bright and conferences like that right after college are a great opportunity during the summertime to network with some people. Like, even if you just hook up with somebody that's like mid career and be like, Hey, listen, I'll get your resume somewhere. Like I know a whole bunch of people. Here's a bunch of people I can talk to. We'll right. fire this out and see what happens. And to not have that for an entire summer is kind of a, a total detriment that I don't even think I really thought about for, you know, that, that outgoing class this year. Yeah, I have a, a friend of mine, actually, who was my boss at my first, like, real job, the one that I was saying that I moved out to San Francisco for, um, and he reached out to me recently, and his son now is just graduating with, for, with his undergraduate degree, and he's interested in cybersecurity and stuff, and I was like, I'm more than happy to try to reach out to my network and see what's out there, you know, for, like, early first stage kind of people or internships or whatever, but right now, I think it's, stuff's kind of going slow, like, Normally I'd be like, Hey, yeah, come to B-Sides Pittsburgh in three weeks, get one of the wristbands that say I'm looking for a job and you'll probably walk out of the room with one by the end of the day. But oh, man, that's, that's an awesome perk. I don't want to say, I don't know if perks the right word for it, but you know, that's a, that's a, a, a nice uh, service that everyone at B-Sides does for, you know, the fresh outs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm looking or I'm hiring bands. I mean, I, I, it's a great idea. Like whoever thought of that was really good. Was that a universal B-Size decision or is that a, like a local thing? Like, I, I don't think I've been to one, I don't know, ever. I feel like they started doing that at B-Size Las Vegas a few years ago, but I don't know if that was before or after Pittsburgh or if it, like, I mean, I think they pretty much all make their own decisions. So I can't imagine it was really universal, but yeah, a lot of times whatever gets done at B-Size Las Vegas or San Francisco kind of spreads to everybody else too. Why those two? Because uh, they're the first and... I'm sure besides Las Vegas is still the biggest. I'm not sure about the size of San Francisco, but you know, cause originally they were 
B-sides meant like an alternative to bigger conferences. So you had the RSA conference in San Francisco and the you know, Black Hat and DEF CON in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. um, so those were kind of the first two B-sides. Sizes. <laughs> That's a sixty percent alcohol hitting you. I, I know. I was like, <laughs> I mean, I I love Besides Vegas. I always try to make sure I went to that the last few years. I think I've hit it the last three years. I like it, though. It's yeah. hard to I, the locations, you know, versus the strip is you know can be a pain at times. But it's it's depending on where you stay. But like, I liked it. I liked the atmosphere. Then I found the the bar inside the hotel there has to like like a pamphlet of like good beers to drink from too. <laughs> I was can't like, get better well, than that. Can't get better than that. I mean, my only, and this is, you know, what they decided to do, but it has gotten big enough that it's really a, just like every other conference now. The first besides Las Vegas I went to, I think was the second one. And, you know, it was in a big mansion that somebody had rented off the strip and we were hanging white sheets on the walls to project the talks on and stuff. Nice. <laughs> See, that's, that's, that's what our call, like Ari, you know, David and Zai's ears will never get from conferences like that, that you know, the, the underground feel. Right. Yeah. You know, we won't, it doesn't want to exist. You know Unless I mean? you start your own. Sure. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have time for that right now, <laughs> but I'll come. If anyone wants to start one, I'll, I'll be uh, there. We'll try I'm, to get you some sponsorships. Just doing the CTF alone for B-Sides like, tells me how much planning comes into the play. I would not want to even expand upon that to the conference level. So, Dan and your wife, <laughs> hat tip to you guys back in the day when you used to do that. That is just That's grass it's enough. It's like it's, I can only compare it to probably playing a wedding. And like, you know. From there, that, that yeah, I mean, there's well. a lot of similarities. Yeah, it was also, if you guys know Joe Wynn, he was one of the guys that started with me the very first year. He's, he's still involved, yeah, he's still involved. Like, somehow he didn't burn out after that year because he was like my wife and I and Joe were kind of the three that got to go that year. <laughs> three amigos and amigo, <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I thought about. Did you ever call yourself the three amigos? No, we did not. <laughs> what uh who's who was like your favorite speaker that you've seen at b-sides in pittsburgh so far or or anybody that you can give like a top three shout out to for like you know pat on the back awesome talk thanks for coming like really appreciate your time oh man it's been so many years we we had a fantastic uh it was more of training on um cobalt strike by raffi Raphael mudge um back some years ago like, in the infancy of cobalt strike probably yeah, it must have been early on because he was like basically handing out licenses for free. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely early on. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like I should name check Kyle and Dina. They did a great talk that uh, one year at, the, at Spirit. You do, please, be, please, no, please don't. Just don't, don't, don't give them anything. Just next. <laughs> Next. <laughs> it was fun. That was a good time. I liked spirit like that. You know, since that was the last year it was, I like to think that, you know, it left well. Uh, there's um, been Dave, Dave Kennedy did a good one. I, I know like it's kind of, you know, kind of cheating to fall back on Dave Kennedy because he does lots of awesome talks, but uh, I can't one year, maybe the second or third year, he, I remember what he did. Like he and his friends like stayed up all night watching movies or something and like 6 a.m. left Cleveland and drove down and he gave the opening talk at besides Pittsburgh. I'm not sure why they decided to just not sleep the night before. But 
it was amazing how much energy he still had after all that. I remember what I'm talking about. Uh, do you remember him talking about what he was watching that night? Like back I, in the future? I don't, <laughs> don't come to 2020. Have you, ever been, have you ever been to B-Sides Cleveland at the Grog Shop? No, I haven't. I've been to a, con- a concert there many moons ago. And I would like to think how like it kind of has a feel of spirit to me though it might be bigger and i just don't know all the space they have just because the conference for itself was it like a backstreet Backstreet boys concert (laughs) yes Uh, (laughs) gotcha it's probably it was probably just as bad it was all city (laughs) 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 i guess i guess i would have rather it have been backstreet boys that's all your stuff Uh, oh man all city no it's not it's not my edm stuff Ooh, what did, what were you doing at an Al City concert? Man, yeah, That's one dude. You know that, right? The Al was, City isn't like a whole city. It was three. It was three people. Oh uh, no, it's one dude. Well, yeah, how do you know that? He how hired, do you know that? He hired stage musicians. Come on now. You know more about them than I do. Yeah, because I used to bust one of my buddy's balls uh, back in in Maryland about loving Al City. So I'm I'm all up on this. I think his name was Adam, by the way. Uh, not, Still, not my no. buddy, but the, the guy that, that runs Al City's name. I think his name was Adam. Still know more than I do. <laughs> it's it's stupid. They're no tool, I can tell you that. Yeah. I know their music, but I have to agree with that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys like that that tool stuff. It, Dan, I saw a tweet from you recently that I almost replied to. I think I was uh I think I was probably like too inebriated to actually, you know, make a coherent response. But you, your question was something along the lines of when is it okay? Like, how old do my kids have to be for them to listen to swear words in music? <laughs> right. <laughs> at some point, do you remember what what track you were trying to uh, you you were thinking of at the time? Like, was it was it some Rage Against the Machine? It might have been. I think it might have been Sublime. Oh, that's uh, okay. I was like gonna play some Sublime while I was grilling outside one night, and it was like all nice and sunny. I was like, yeah, some Sublime would go nice, but they do have a fair amount of swearing and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit so i was working out in my basement and my two kids are uh just i i somehow thank thank the jesus i have uh preempted all teeny bopper music and i've got them just like on the rock track right so they're into whatever dad's listening to it's usually uh something on like sirius xm octane mm-hmm. or you know whatever i procured through um amazon you know the jeff uncle jeff bezos is letting me listen to on prime but one of their favorite bands at, at one point was, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with like Fever 333. No. It's, it's, th- it's two, uh, two, I think two brothers and one, like uh, one drummer out of like California. So they're basically in the same vein as um, like Rage Against the Machine. But they're really, like they, they go hard, man. The, the, the two guys are African-American, the two brothers. And the, the, the drummer's just, I don't, I don't know who he is, but uh, I saw them out in um, Sonic Temple Festival last year and they just went like bananas and they're just, you know, MF bombs, F bombs. Uh, they're, they're just, you know, F the man, whatever, whatever, whatever's happening. Right. And uh, there's one lyric in, in one of their tracks. Um, it's, you know, uh, oh, gee, uh, before the stupid MFers gave you something to hate. And I'm working out and I can't get to like my, uh, my phone <laughs> to turn the volume down in time. And I'm pressing wait and like all of a sudden the, the lyric comes on and my six-year-old looks at me and he goes, daddy, 
I just heard a bad word. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, well, which one, buddy? He goes, I, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to say it. I can't say it. I said, no, that's okay. You can tell me. Like, it's fine. Like, this is, this is the gym. Like, everything's fine down here. And he goes, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and like, thank, thank, thank goodness for the innocence of childhood that, like, they don't know anything about any of that sort of thing. But, like, is uh, I, I, to, to go off of, like, the point that you were, you know, the question that you were asking, like, I almost feel like everything is fine. Whether they know it or not, like, it's all fine in the context of, like, if this is the car or this is the gym, everything is fine here. This, these aren't words I want you to hear or want you to say, right. but know that these are things because I can't shield you from these things for forever. Do you have any thoughts on that as it goes? Yeah, I mean, I, I started out like when my kids were, I don't know, three and four and stuff, if I was listening to something and, you know, it'd be just something that I knew. And so if there was like an occasional swear word, I'd just say beep really loud. <laughs> so they'd start laughing because we'd be listening to Nine Inch Nails or something and I'd be like, Beating beep reminder. Anyway. <laughs> I want to beep you like an animal. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I limited that song to. Oh, oh that's gone. That's a, no, we switched the station. It's over. Yeah. Actually, that song I must have had it on in my car once, and I turned the car off, and I went out and got in the car with my kids, and it was exactly at that point. <laughs> he just screamed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oops. Um, but now they just kind of laugh because like I'll go to say it or like I won't be paying attention. I'll be talking to them and I'll go to say beep and I'll totally miss, you know, say it at the wrong time or whatever. They're like, dad, we hear this stuff on the bus all the time. We don't care. So how old are your kids? Like that, that they can be on the bus and hear that? 11 and 13. Okay. Yeah. I, I figured there's like a cutoff age where like, it's going to happen. You yeah. can't stop it. You got to just roll with it. Right. At some point. Now, right. so you know, my, just, my three, my three-year-old, I don't need him saying that at daycare, but. Right. <laughs> If they think would, if they, oh, would. No, my, my three-year-old troll man, he would, but if they think that like stupid is the bad word out of a sentence at, yeah. you know, three and six years old, like I'm, I'm doing okay so far. <laughs> my dad still yells at me if I swear. Really? <laughs> He'll be like, watch your mouth. I'm like, this is my house. <laughs> does he, does he know they don't have swear words in like beep boop or electronic music? <laughs> well, my dad listens to good music. And so what, do I. What's good music for your dad? Oh, I don't know what's good movies for my dad. He probably doesn't have swear words. It's not good music. <laughs> he doesn't he listen to anything that has swear words in it. I doubt it. He's more of like the classic rock type person. You know, a little Bob Dylan, Carlton Seals, Nash and Young, Pink Floyd. My dad's a hippie, man. Eagles. Eagles. Oh, yeah. He's an eagle, uh, Eagles for sure. Don Henley. At least Kyle and I agree on gangster rap. Yeah. That's Before where we can, that's where Dan and I can come together yeah. as one gangster rap so did you go you guys like uh fire through the run run the jewels album yet i, oh, I yeah. was listening i was listening to it working D- out dance through it yeah what'd you guys yep. think i thought it was great yeah that's awesome i got halfway through it and i was like okay i need to switch to something else because like unlike a lot of people i don't know how you guys are when you work out or when you train like dan you do martial arts like i do i do real martial arts you don't but it's okay one other game. oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. But like, I don't hear music. I get very like tone deaf, I guess tunnel visioned, tunneled sound when I'm working out. Like I don't hear it. I hear it when I'm done in the moment of lifting. But like when I'm doing something, it's like, I I hear nothing. Like people need to like really listen to something to pump. I can't do that. It doesn't do it for me. Like I'll listen to the car on the way to the gym or something. Like when I go on doing jujitsu. I'm the same way. But like when like in the moment, like I don't, I don't hear, I don't hear anything. I don't hear shit. Like in the gym, we'll, like when we're sparring, we'll play music and I hear nothing. 
I hear my grunts as I'm getting like choked out. <laughs> That's right. <what I> <laughs> And now it's just blood pounding in your ears or something. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. As I'm starting <laughs> yeah, to fade yeah. before I tap out. <laughs> Does your whole head like get red from top to bottom? Like what happens? You're um, awfully you're awfully bald up top today. Did it you, probably uh, is. It probably yeah. does get pretty red. I don't know. I because I, I can't see my own head after this, right? Like <laughs> there's no mirror. It's not it's not like laced with mirrors across the it's not like a, it's not a ballet gym. Gotta take pics. So Kyle, tell us more about this sport martial art that you do. And uh, <laughs> I'm curious, like, you, you feel like that's relevant to InfoSec in any way? Or is it just, it's kind of fake. There's all these rules, so it doesn't really apply. I shouldn't really be talking shit because Dan has, like, knows how to use, like, samurai swords and shit. Does, <laughs> does Dan just, like, kick people's butts on the street? Is that just what, what he does? He just, yeah, you know. you know, I just walk down the street and I'm like, I just don't like that person. Your Twitter Dan's picture. really good at Fruit Ninja. You got the you got the samurai sword or like a pole or something on your uh, your Twitter yeah, avatar, I think, right? I, what, I think that was you a know game. you know how to use those swords. Yeah, so I, I when I did martial arts like all the time before kids, I did uh, ninjutsu. So it was like ninja and samurai stuff. So we did a lot of stuff with swords. That's terrifying. Yeah, don't 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 break into Dan's house. <laughs> <laughs> Slice and dice. You don't have to have a license for a samurai sword, do you? Or like a background check. You just buy that stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Does that count for um, castle doctrine in Pennsylvania? Like, can you samurai sword somebody instead of shooting them? <laughs> I think so. We have to look that up. Castle doctrine means defend the castle. So you need to do anything you can to defend your castle. See, I, thought, I don't know. I thought it just applied to firearms. That's a no, good question. You know, essentially any lethal self-defense, as long as you're like defend, defending your home. Could you be lethal with a samurai sword? <laughs> you could probably manage. Yeah, I like how there was a laugh first before an answer. <laughs> that means hell yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> My wife out. was actually nice enough to buy me a really nice sword a few years back, so it, uh, it's pretty hard. It's like hand forged. I need uh, to yeah. ask what what I mean with the the swords. Is it more for show or like is can you? No, uh, I I do like cutting demonstrations with it. I mean, some nice, people okay. do competitions, but I don't. I'm not into that. But like sometimes for my kids' martial arts school, I'll go in and like cut up watermelons and pumpkins and stuff. Nice. You just carve like smiley faces and shit into them, or just <laughs> no, normally I just chop them in half. But... <laughs> <laughs> Does somebody have to throw them to you, or do you just like weird out Yankovic, Ooh. just you know, two hand chop it? No, yeah, normally I just set it up on a stand or something. But uh, my my kids te taekwondo teacher and I did mess around the one day, and we made a video where we were throwing like oranges, and bananas, and stuff at each other and trying to cut them. Is that on <laughs> YouTube? Nice. Can I watch that somewhere? It is actually, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm I'm gonna retweet add, that. Uh, add that to this. the show. Add that to the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> right. For uh, an appendices, watch Dan uh, chop up uh, oranges. I mean, it was a blast because we actually we chopped all this fruit up, and then we took all the chopped up fruit and uh, made like a little fruit salad and like mixed it with some kimchi and. That was pretty good. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That sounds oh, like it really was. <laughs> Speaking of food, we get to at least go out to restaurants starting tomorrow. Tomorrow's the day. Oh, yeah. Can you we already have reservations for Sunday. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
We called once we heard we were able to. We called the restaurant. We go to brunch. We, well, we were going to brunch every Sunday. We called like we want, you know, eleven thirty, whatever. We want to sit in our normal seats, like whatever it be. I miss it, so I look forward to the aspect to be able to get out again. Yeah, Just trying to go to a brewery. That's true. We should make a trip down to uh, Four Points. It's gonna have to be like a whole day thing. Yeah. Like leave early in the morning, come back in the evening, and. And then Rochambeau, who forever needs to uh, DD. I'm not inviting Dan because he would Rochambeau with a, a samurai sword. Yeah. <laughs> the old yeah. sausage chop. The old <laughs> sausage chop. Oh, man. <laughs> Dan, oh, can you bring uh, a butter knife, okay? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Can you uh, at some point please uh, you know, post us uh, a video of this? fruit slicing fruit ninja real life competition absolutely you know uh, yeah, it doesn't need, have to be today you know follow, follow up is, is perfectly as okay needed. As, needed. as needed so what are you looking forward to dan and in, in, in the coming in coming weeks uh he has it <laughs> he's he got a life he wow. found it views that's i'm amazed at it 200 views there we go social influencer Wait, what? Uh, where'd you guys go? We're still here. Much absent. We didn't go anywhere. Uh, okay, it's all good. There you go. I need to watch this. I'm gonna put it up on the other monitor. I was like, fine. I don't know. Beginning is like five minutes of us just us talking and stuff. So you might want. Oh, to there's this is 22 minutes. Holy cow! It's yeah. a lot of fruit. Like, did you have a high like <laughs> Sam's Club bill? There you go. So I'm slicing a banana. <laughs> that's why you can't come to four points with us oh <laughs> uh, have you wait till you get to the part where i chop the watermelon on his stomach what what <laughs> nope i'm out <laughs> and we know david's out 100 percent. mr no, risk can't. risk averse Jeez, oh like, man i heard i heard butter knife and i was cool but now you know samurai sword and cutting cutting stomachs up we're out this isn't so evisceration. Terrible I am with uh, throwing stars. Mm. Are they Can hard you... to throw? That's a good question. Are they hard to throw? Apparently, or at least they are for me. <laughs> <laughs> had, like, you, yes. had you never thrown one before? <laughs> yeah, I have. I just don't do it very often. Did you underhand it? Is that what you're saying? You went like... <laughs> oh, there's Softball three ways pitch. you can throw. I don't know why you're making fun. I probably can't throw them either. But... <laughs> It's you like can, the axe throwing, right? Like apparently you get some people up there and they came and throw like the axes, right? They just bounce. That's me. Yeah, it's hard. Like you got to get the axe to spin the right way. Do you guys want to go axe throwing when it opens back up? Uh-uh. That's one I'm not going to do. Fuck that. Why? I'll, I'll go with you. Because you got axes. Sure. Dan can kill people with swords. I'm not going around Dan with axes. Yeah, but they let you have beer, so it's fine. Oh, well, now you changed <laughs> the point. You feel a lot better. There we go. I'm it's totally in. like a Western Pennsylvania activity. You know, there's just no when fire up, involved. When I was up in Canada, the uh, the Canadians took the Norwegians to axe throw. So I tried to get them literally to take us. standing there holding an axe and holding a beer and be like, hold my beer. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. That, that's how it goes. So they didn't take you curling in Canada? You didn't, you didn't get to go curling? Nope. And I didn't even get invited to the uh, axe throwing. That's kind it of was a, It was a non American event. I wouldn't invite you either. I probably didn't fight me either. Well, <laughs> oh, man, great, Dan. It's been great having you on. Yeah, definitely. Miss, miss seeing you around the virtual office. 
having, <laughs> right. having another uh, sane mind to bounce things off of. How about a real office and not a virtual office? I kind of, I kind of like working from home. <laughs> I assume you guys are just like working from home still, pretty much all the time. Yeah, we're probably gonna, based on the last thing we heard, uh, end of July, they'll reassess things. But you can go in the office now, but you have to like answer these six questions. Yeah. So guess what's not gonna happen? Go it's like temperature check uh, and like mask all the time. Like even when you're office, you can shut your door. You have to leave your mask on. That's one of the policies. So I don't think that really sounds appealing. Unfortunately, the office with the door thing, though, I do miss that. Yeah. <laughs> you're in are you in open 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 office space everybody's so for like yeah i mean it's not super open it's like i don't know maybe half a dozen people sort of it in an open space and then kind of a weird shaped space so it's kind of broken up and stuff so it's not bad but uh right having the whole door with or office with the door was kind of nice are you close to any uh establishments that are on par with like union grill uh, we're at Southside Works, so it depends what you oh. think of the cheesecake. Oh, package. I mean, like, listen, that whole Carson Street, that that whole thing's just, you know, go, just send me, just put me in a can yeah. of like Gonzo <laughs> from Emiliano's. The Mexican joint me. right over there is really good. I mean, at least their yeah. smoothie margaritas are really good. Double wides, just a couple blocks down. Yeah, double wides. Love smoking Joe's if you can get that far. Otherwise, the like, library is it the, called the library or something like yeah. that? I don't go to places that have books in them, so I'm out. I don't know what's in the library. Reading is hard, not for me. <laughs> Even with beer, if they have beer and books, that's you know a, a step up. But still, there's books in there, so <laughs> <laughs> can't get this guy a check email, Dan. Well, <laughs> The stuff I've missed in my email, I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed. I was only in my new office for less than 30 days when we got kicked out for the pandemic stuff. So I haven't even had a chance to walk around much. I'll tell you, I'm not in any big rush to uh, go back in an office every day, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, I like, I'm more efficient. I can get up. And, you know, if there's a dead moment, I can go mow the lawn. You know, I can do laundry. I can do all the things that you don't have to worry about when you get home. Yep. I get you know, your side, David, because you got. Rugrats, frickin' frack, ding and dong, just waltz into my bathroom office and you know think that they have full purview of everything that I'm doing all the time, and that I can just stand up and just go join them. Yeah, you got lightsabered. <laughs> That's what we do. I basically did get lightsabered. Yeah, I'm lucky. Yeah. My kids are old enough that I can kind of uh, they can mostly entertain themselves during the day. You know, they can make themselves snacks and. Oh yeah, the screen time for a few hours and stuff. No, they still depend on us here. It, it, you know, three and six, they're just. Definitely. Oh, can you build me? Can you come build Legos with me? I'm like, no, I can't. Gotta look for this stupid Yara thing, and uh, <laughs> you know, six million samples of shenanigans we have. I don't know. Shenanigans. And then you're like sitting there staring at your screen, like thinking deeply about you know some code or something. Kids are like, can you come play? No. <laughs> you're not doing anything. You're not, you're not doing anything. <laughs> That's it. That is completely exactly what happens even at, at this age. You're totally Wait, not say? working. Is that what they say? Oh, yeah. Like, th yeah, they'll ask me, like, why don't you have that one screen up that has all the, you know, all the letters and numbers on it? And I know it's an, an idle window. And I'm like, I don't need that right now. And they're like, well, if you don't have that window open, you're, you're not doing anything. I'm like, no. <laughs> okay. No. Doesn't work like that. I got asked if I was drawing pictures. You know, <laughs> well, like technically, yes. <laughs> so you're not doing anything. You want to complain? <laughs> they're they're bitmaps. 
it's fine. Yeah, I like how you already got your kids started in assembly. It's a good dad move right there. <laughs> yeah, right. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> Might not have that so Dan, so Dan, how do how how can people get a hold of you? What's what's the uh, to, to, obviously you're a big Twitter. Do you person. want people to get a hold of you? Because yeah. you can say no. Like Dale gave us an ICQ number last week. It was basically like double fingers up. See you later. <laughs> and I still put it in this show notes. And I'm not even sure I put it in correctly in the show notes because I don't think I've been on ICQ and like I don't know. No, no, ICQ still existed. He I said he long. The problem is I know with Dale if like he was just you know pulling our chain the entire time. I couldn't tell if he actually did log in. I bet he did. Okay. Oh, also an update, a quick update on Dale if anyone's interesting. Uh, his servers that he ordered <laughs> yeah. were involved in a car accident, <laughs> and he, he had to order new servers. So, the, so the car is just a computer on wheels. No, no, no. Like see, so, see? <laughs> full circle. <laughs> <laughs> so, I didn't see what you did there. <laughs> I really appreciate it now that I think about it. No, so so his delivery man left his servers out by his mailbox. Uh, Dale kind of lives on an old, old, older. I mean, like Maryland's not really you know super country, but it's uh, it's a little bit more rural than the normal uh, for that area. Uh, anyway, they left his servers out by the mailbox, and coincidentally, there was a a, a two car accident, and one of the cars spun into the <laughs> into the mailbox and hit the servers. Oh, <laughs> like this is no joke. I got the pictures of it. I got the text from you his sent wife. It to me. <laughs> Hilarious, poor Dale. It's just like you know. Part of me thinks that like he deserves it for trolling so hard all the time, but then the other part of me is like, he was trying to actually fuzz and like do things. Like he was actually trying to get some work done. He found these really great servers for like what, one hundred twenty dollars, thirty two yeah. gigs, thirty two gigs of RAM, like nice. RAID, no OS on them, like nice HP rack servers. I'm like, I'm about to get some. His replacements are up and running, so you know, don't don't feel too bad for Dale. Um, but, you know, go I go guess... ahead and feel, feel free to laugh at him for his misfortune. <laughs> You know, Kyle, anyway. the only good thing about uh, B-Sides Pittsburgh being canceled is I was getting to the time of year when I had to try to remember what we set the uh, ESXi password to last year. Yeah. <laughs> now I can put that off until next year. Did, yeah, I was going to put it off or did you write it down? Yeah. Well, I don't know it, so I can't write it down. <laughs> you can reset those nowadays through the cloud. You just tell them, you know, what you think your email address no, we had a, was. We had, a, we had a physical server. Oh, well, that's a problem. Yeah. I think I might have it written down then, maybe. I'm pretty sure what I did last time was I just booted from USB and changed it that way. <laughs> I think I wrote it down because I think we same thing happened last year. But yep, it's easier okay. that way. And it'll probably happen every other year. Yep, it sure will. <laughs> sure will. Somebody write that down. Oh, so Twitter handle, yeah. Anyway, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. I totally derailed everybody. My bad. Uh, yeah, declined inst. I'm sure everybody we'll can put that. that. So. Yep, off Tumblr, dumb piece. I still don't know how to spell your last name, but thankfully my phone does. Exactly. Is that IGs, Twitters? Is that everything? Everything you on the Snapchats? Got a Vine? I'm on Instagram. I am declined. It's basically part of my last name. So. <laughs> I was waiting for the finish of that one. <laughs> I thought it was just decline. Don't don't try to add me. Yeah. I'll decline it. It, it <laughs> ends at the D, so it intentionally is. My handle is I am declined. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's good. I love that uh, one. My GitHub username and stuff is declined. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Instagram. I rarely use LinkedIn. All right. Yeah, I'll post on. I'll post everything on Twitter and LinkedIn, 
And I usually just take the same thing I tweet out on uh, put in the show notes on LinkedIn as well. Yeah, I log in. I don't, I don't, I don't take any. Twitter is the way that it spreads, but I still get some people that like it on LinkedIn and yeah. expand from there. Oh, geez. I mean, like you can probably get me on untapped if you want to I'm gonna follow <laughs> my, my beer adventures, beer adventures. Also, I reverse things on untapped and Twitter. So, you know, I mean, there's the pit sec Slack channel. There's discord. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's a, the bar sides discord. I'm on that. I don't, I don't, yep. I don't know how people communicate on all these things. I don't, I can't handle it too much. I have them all open on one screen. <laughs> so try to keep kind of keep my tabs in. Well, th well, thanks Dan. Appreciate it. It's been great uh, having me. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll hope to have you again sometime down the road and, you know, uh, we're going to have some other guests from the Pittsburgh area on. I think that's where we're kind of starting and expanding from there. And hopefully others will want to do it. I don't think a lot of people want to say, Hey, I want to be on, but I want people to say, Hey, I want to be on because you know, I don't want the network to be limited. So Dan, I'll be pinging you soon for people, you know, that we should definitely have on here and Dave and I will expand upon there, but yeah, I'll tell you what, once this, whatever magical Pittsburgh thing that Dan has, you know, brewing in the background, you know, oh, yeah. shows back up, we should, you know, definitely have Dan yeah. back on at least at that point in time. Right. I agree. And maybe we should even do like a partial, like, you know, spin out that whole day. We just do podcasts all day. Do you want to go down to wherever the event is and just yeah. you know, table, table up, get a media table pass? Up, maybe, maybe you get a media pass. Put it behind <laughs> some curtains. Dan, will they have media passes? Dan, we need a media pass regardless if they don't have media passes. <laughs> but like, I think it's a great idea. I don't know. We'll spin that up when we hear about the event. I think it's a good idea. Absolutely. Not go live, but go live at the event and we'll record them and, and you know yeah. yeah i mean it's still to be determined like how much we can do virtual events versus in-person events and sure. all that stuff yet so we could sit feet, six feet apart you you work with whatever you got and you know hopefully we don't kill anybody uh you know looking forward to seeing everybody in person at some point go ahead yeah Kyle, okay. off to you stay thirsty dan thank you again appreciate yeah, your thank time you, dan. Cheers. Lots cheers. Of drinks. i hope that's all right <laughs> oh yeah another drink yeah, well, Dan, Dan, Dan I have the double drink. Had, I had one on the back burner. Yeah, that's what I like oh, to man. see. Oh, man. I see some Southern <laughs> tea there. Well, thanks, Dan.